Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's make our confession. This is our year of jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share something with you real quickly this morning. First Peter chapter five, verse seven. It says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That's from the Amplified Version. I had a stroke um, a month ago, a month ago last Thursday. And uh, there are things that uh, the doctor has shared with me about my experience and the results and their so forth. I had zero injury remaining from the stroke that, I, that occurred. Amen. Apparently that's so rare that they assign everybody, the medical community assigns to everyone that had a stroke, rehab uh, exercises and, and um, schedules and so forth. And uh, coming out of the hospital, They assigned us, they assigned me um, certain rehabilitation exercises and so forth. I'm, uh, I'm not the kind of person that uh, dramatizes things and I don't tell the doctor what I'm believing for. I know there are different ideas and perspectives on that. But doctors very seldom are focused on or concerned with, I guess, um, the spiritual side of things. So anyway, I started my rehab regimen and uh, went to a physical therapist. We didn't know anything about him or the rehab 
company he works with. But I had two appointments with him this week, one early in the week, and the second one the next day. So we go to this rehabilitation clinic, and uh, he works me through some different exercises and tries to explain certain things to me concerning stroke and stroke recovery and such. The second appointment I had with him was the next day. And uh, he was um, a little late getting started. And uh, I could tell that something was different because he, I would catch him looking at me around the corner. <laughs> and so when he finally came up and uh, um, proceeded to what I thought was going to be another rehab session, he began to apologize for not knowing that I was Pastor Mike. And I asked him, what do you mean? And it come, came to light that 10 years ago, he and his family used to come to our church. Now, like I said a minute ago, I don't make my confessions to the doctor or tell the doctor what I'm believing for. Because what I'm believing for usually is beyond what the doctors will accept as a realistic point of view. But this guy... This young man is Zore's nephew. And Zore was the one that brought him to the church those years ago. So instead of asking me what I wanted to get out of the rehab, appointments and exercises. I want things to be like they were before it ever happened. But in talking to me about when he used to come to the church, he said, I, I remembered you. He said, you always wore a suit and tie. Hey, take what you get, folks. <laughs> if that's what he wants to remember about me, I'm, okay, I'm fine with that. But he went further and he said, 
Yeah, you always had those athletic cut suits and sport coats and And after he had made his confession often enough to identify where he's coming from, rather than ask me what I wanted out of the, the rehab, he's the one that said, we want to work together and make it so that you're in the same condition as you were before it ever happened. Now, folks, when he said those words, they didn't come out in his voice. It was as if God himself was speaking those things. And that's the way I took it. Casting the whole of your care over on him. That seemed to me since, well, it was early in the week this happened. Since then, it's like I've been given a gift from God to identify that God's not nearly through with the things that are taking place. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Beginning in verse 1. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all of his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thy settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God shall give thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, and in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee, unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land and his seed, 
and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all of his commandments and all of his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the, the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou saidst thine hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, until and until thou be until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee, and he shall and he until he has consumed thee from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with a sword, and with blast, and mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And the heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. And the Lord shall make rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And thou shalt be removed unto all the kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the earth. And no man shall fray them away. The Lord shall smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds and with the scab and with the itch whereof thou canst not be healed. And the Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore. And no man shall save thee. Everything in the old covenant was based on obedience. Now how do you experience God in the way that he's dictating through obeying his word and not come away with the idea that everything that you get from God is dependent on you and everything that God provides for you is based on your worth or your value in keeping his word. Now we oftentimes point out the fact that the Hebrew language has a permissive verb but that the translators most often translated it in the active, the causative sense. The people in the Old Covenant that, for example, were like David, people after God's own heart, 
thing that made David a man after God's heart was that David went further than just obedience. He understood God and through the psalms that he wrote and the experiences that he had with God, he found that God was more on the mercy side than he was on the results of disobedience. In Psalm 103, it's one of David's psalms. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment upon all that are oppressed. He made his ways known unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Likely the father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame and remembers that we are dust. The thing that made David a man after God's own heart was his understanding of forgiveness. Not just the power of God. And most of the times when we talk about God, we focus on his power. But God's heart is a, mer is a heart of mercy. God's dealing with man is the way he deals with us, not according to our sins. But rather, the redeeming love that not only overlooks our sin, but does away with it once and for all. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hunger and, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainteth in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by night by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. 
Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor, and they fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and broke their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships and do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth up the stormy winds, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven and go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because of the quiet, so he bringeth them into their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. In John chapter 9, it tells us, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now the disciples... When they come upon this guy that's been blind from birth, the disciples' concern is what caused the blindness. And folks, reading what we read in the Old Testament, and as we said before, recognizing that obedience is the overriding principle concerning the word of God in the Old Testament. How could these men be of any mature age and not be concerned with the cause of sickness and disease? Who sinned? They knew that sin was the cause. They just didn't know whose sin it was. 
Folks, one of the things that these last 12 or 13 years have taught me is that the devil works overtime questioning your value, questioning your loyalty to the word, questioning your behavior and your thoughts toward God when it comes to sickness and disease. So the disciples are concerned with what's the cause or whose sin is the cause. I guess we should say that they already recognize that sin is the, the cause of sickness and disease. But notice Jesus' attitude. Jesus, who fellowships with God the Father more than any person in the history of mankind, who fellowships with God according to his word. His concern is not whose sin caused it. Jesus is focused on doing the works of God. Now if sickness, this blindness upon this guy that's been blind from birth, If this blindness is the work of God, then Jesus would be operating contrary to the will of God to do anything about it. The disciples' immediate concern is whose sin caused the problem. Jesus is not concerned with that at all. He answers their question. He said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents that he is born blind. But I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. I wonder how many times the devil has berated this man, this blind man. I wonder how many times he's questioned him and brought doubts to his mind. Doubts about himself. Doubts about God's care for him. Doubts about whether or not he's good enough for God to care for. But Jesus' only concern is doing the works of God on his behalf. Now I'm going to remind you of the scripture in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. 
The Bible says that every person that Jesus healed was sick or afflicted because of the work of the devil. Then the individual sin of the man himself or his parents is a non-issue. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Everybody Jesus healed was oppressed of the devil. That would include this guy too. Jesus answered their question, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Well, if it's not the man's sin that causes blindness, if it's not his parents' sin that caused the blindness, can't you imagine the devil has had decades to bring thoughts of doubt to the parents. How they must have been tormented by the continuous attacks of the devil. So if it wasn't a man's sin, it wasn't his parents' sin, whose sin caused the problem? Adam's sin. Adam's the one that opened the door for sin and sickness to ride roughshod over mankind. He goes on to say, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said, Go wash off in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came to see. The neighbors, therefore, and those which before had seen that he was blind, said, Is this not he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he, but others said, He's like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore they said unto him, How were thine eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes. And it said unto me, Go wash off in the pool of Siloam. And I went and washed and I received sight. This creates a big stir among the religious community in Jerusalem. It was the Sabbath day that Jesus had made the clay and opened his eyes. And so Jesus has violated the religious community's activity and ritual
Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. There said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man which, which is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They said unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him that he has opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews that did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his parents. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents said, answered and said, We know this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who has opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents, because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed together that if any man did confess that Jesus was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore they said of his parents, He is of age, ask him. Then again they called the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered and said, Whether you be a sinner or not, no, I know not. One thing I do know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. They said unto him, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? And he answered again, I have told you already, and you did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? They reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses, As for this fellow, we know not when, from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, By hearing is a marvelous thing, that you know not from what, where he has come, come from, and yet he has opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, he heareth him. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sin, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and worshiped him. Jesus said, For judgment I am come into the world. That they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words, and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. Turn with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. It says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, 
they shall be forgiven you. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Folks, there's one place that the Bible gives instruction to the church concerning praying for the sick. And this is it in verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Now there are some times where an individual's sin brings sickness upon him. But James, writing to the church, indicates that that's going to be a minority of cases. But if it does happen to be the case, The same prayer of faith that heals the sick forgives sins. And as we said before, this is one of the greatest areas of the devil's work to rob people of the healing power of God. And James is very out front, very bold to say even if the individual's sin brought sickness upon them, it shouldn't be anything that hinders them from receiving their healing. These are the same benefits that we read in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, and crowneth him with loving kindness and tender mercy. Matthew 16, verse 13. Now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked of his disciples, who do men say that the Son of Man is? And they answered and said, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said unto them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. 
And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now the rock he's talking about is not Peter, even though the Roman Catholics believe that. The rock that he's talking about is the reality, the knowledge of the truth that Jesus is the Christ. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be loosed in heaven, shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Folks, notice that Jesus brings them back to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember when Jesus' disciples came and asked him to teach them to pray. He gave them what we know of as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He defines the kingdom of God or the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's where the will of God is done in the earth just like it is in heaven. So Jesus, when he asked the disciples who do they believe that he is, Peter answers, and says that he's the Christ. And notice what Jesus does. He identifies that the knowledge that he is the Messiah is the foundation for which he'll build the church. But notice also he says, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, I'm sure you remember in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it tells us that after God has created everything in the first six days, he comes to his finest creation, which is man. And he says, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. He made man an exact copy of himself. We usually emphasize the fact that he made man a spirit being. But the Jews don't see it that way. The Jews don't recognize man as being a spirit being as any, anything that's really special or unusual. They focus on the intellect that God gave to Adam and Eve. And he tells them that the key to man's authority is that there are things that man can and must say no to. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
he says to Peter and his disciples, that the exercise of their authority, the authority that they were created to yield, is to say no to the devil's works. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Notice the work on earth takes place first. Folks, anything that we see that the Bible tells us that Jesus paid the price for is something that we should take authority and exercise authority by refusing to allow Satan to move forward in his works. Jesus said the gates of hell should not prevail against the knowledge that he is the Christ and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the things that we say no to on the earth. When we refuse to allow sickness to advance, Jesus said that would be a prevailing power over any and all of the power of the devil. What if we've tried that before and it didn't work out for us the way we thought that it would? There is no truth that's greater than the reality that God created mankind to have authority on the earth. And whether we've tried to exercise that authority successfully before or not, for Jesus to identify in the way that he does speaks to me that whether we've had success in the past or not, we have a responsibility. And really, I think we could go a little further say we have been commanded to refuse to let Satan's work advance. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Notice Jesus is accepting that they have a basic knowledge and understanding, talking about his disciples, of how things are in heaven. And that becomes the baseline or the foundation for the things that he says we should allow or prohibit here on the earth. We know there's no sickness or disease in heaven. 
So that's something we should bind on earth. We know there's no poverty or lack in heaven. So that's something we should not accept here on the earth. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend unto my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them, my words, not depart from before thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life, my words are life unto those that find them. And their health to all their flesh. And folks, how do we find the word? By acting on it. Everybody's had faith failures. Don't let those stop you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you that your mercy is new every morning. Thank you, Father, that it is your will for things to be on earth even as they are in heaven. Father, we rejoice in the truth that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is our Savior, he's our soon-coming King. We thank you, Father, that we were created in your image after your likeness. And have been given authority to bind the works of Satan here on the earth, to refuse to allow them. Hallelujah. Just really had this on my heart, you know. Minutes before Pastor Mike read those scriptures in um, James 5 about uh, 
anointing with oil. Uh, how does it start? Yeah, the elders are going, but I want to quote it. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. He came to me minutes before he read that. And I felt like Pastor Mike needs to anoint people with oil who are sick today or who are believing for healing, either one. You know, in Romans chapter 8, it says, If the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that lives in you. So when we uh, lay hands on one another, the life of God within us flows out of our spirit because the life of God is in our spirit. It flows out of our spirit through our hands into someone's body as we lay hands on them as believers. Because if you have the life of, if you're born again and the life of God is in you, that life that eternal life, that Zoe life that's in your spirit, it flows out of you through your hands into someone else's body and quickens their mortal body. Hallelujah. So anyway, I had that in my heart. And so I thought, well, should we do that at the end of the service, Lord? And then I just said, well, Lord, you're going to have to show me. Then he reads the scripture. And I'm like, okay, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely, that's supposed to be done. So if you... Uh, have sickness in your body and you want to be anointed with oil, I'm just going to simply follow that scripture that says uh, uh, elders will anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Or if you're believing God for healing and you haven't, you know, you're standing in faith about it, then we want to pray with you too. So let's all stand. If everybody will stand up, please. Hallelujah. And, uh, Let's, let's sing something first. Can we sing something first about just worshiping the Lord or uh, something about healing, just a, something simple? Yeah, let's do that first. As they're singing this, as Pastor Chip is singing this, why don't you just come down to the front? We're just going to worship the Lord for a moment before we pray. Hallelujah. And so if that's you, just come on to the front. We're going to agree with you. Going to anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But first, we're going to worship for a bit. Mighty God, you are awesome in this place. Abba Father, you are worthy of all praise. To you, our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God, you are awesome. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of all praise. To you, our lives we raise. You are awesome. Place, Let's sing it one more time and let's lift our hands. You we worship you, Lord. Place, Thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. The power of the Lord is present you here. Awesome the place, word of the Lord is present here. Hallelujah. You are worthy Hallelujah. of all 
of all praise to you our lives we raise you are awesome in this place mighty God we lay our hands on you brother in the name of Jesus we command you to be healed we declare that Jesus took his infirmity Sickness must leave her body now. In Jesus' name. Father, we lay hands on our brother in obedience to the law of contact and transmission. We thank you that the healing power of God comes out of our head into his body. And I believe I see you do it again. By the stripes of Jesus. Where there was no way. And I believe. Thank you, Lord. I'll see you do it again. I've seen you, Father, you move the top of head mountain. By the stripes of Jesus. And I believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way. Where there was no way, and I believe from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, by the stripes of Jesus. Father, only you could restore him. Thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name. Shedding of Jesus' blood. Restores life and health. 
to our brother. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that our sister is healed. In the name of Jesus. Healed from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Jesus, the shed blood. You are the same in God. Jesus' name. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Father, we lay hands on our sister. We command her to be healed from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. The same God. No, you never change. Bless you, Lord Jesus. We declare that she's healed from the top of her head to the soul of her feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Did we miss any of you guys? Thank you, Father. Our sister is healed from the top of her head to the soul of her feet. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. We receive your Lord. Father, we minister healing and life to our sister. By the stripes of Jesus. Seen you move. Sickness must leave her body. No mountain can stand. And restore restoration in the name to divine Jesus. health. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Healed by the stripes of Jesus. Every knee bows to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Mountains move with the name of Jesus. Father, we declare we sing Jesus. that our brother is healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Stripes of Jesus. None can stand. None the can stand in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we minister life and health. Sickness must go. For she has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So be it. Restored in Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. We praise your name. We give Father, we minister your life and help. Her brother, in the precious and holy name of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus. He's healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Sickness falls to the name of Jesus. Amen. Lives are restored in Jesus. My, my healing and I have a sickness. It's right healing now. in the name. Father, we curse this sickness. Command it to leave her body. Healing in the name. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. 
So be it. From the top of your hands, your life and health. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We prohibit no weapon form and refuse to allow sickness to remain in her body. She's healed from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. Power in the name of Jesus. We declare healing and health from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In the name of Jesus. Lives restored in Jesus. By the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. He's healed. Made whole Jesus. Strengthened in Jesus. No other name. Father, we lay hands on our sisters. Jesus. And by the stripes of Jesus. We paid the price for her. We refuse to allow sickness to remain in her flesh. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. She is healed. There's power in the name. Satan, take your hands out there. Power in the name of Jesus. Once and for all. Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus' name. There's power in the name. Jesus. The Bible said, when the elders of the church pray over the sick, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, that the prayer of faith, that word prayer, is a declaration. We've made our declaration this morning that sickness cannot remain on any of these who was ministered to. So the declaration of faith shall heal the sick and the Lord shall raise them up and if they have committed sins they shall be forgiven so the Bible says the work is done so let's just lift our hands and thank him
that the work is done. Thank you, Father, for healing. Healing for each and every one. They may have been sick when they came, but they're healed now. Thank you, Father. For healing that belongs to each and every one. Thank you, Lord, for raising them up. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, before we go, let's make our confession one more time. This is our year of Jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks.